Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Julio Rodriguez, and this is the Lookout Landing Podcast. Podcast. Hello, loyal listeners. That is our loyal blog queen, Kate hey, Prusser. Loyal. You're loyal to us I, and to the to the readers. You I give am them, loyal. We're, we're a content loyal, machine. Loyal to a fault. Loyal, loyal to, to a fault. fault. Yeah, put that on our tombstone. Folks. <laughs> I wish I could pick another team. Yeah, I wish. I know that's such a cop out, though. It is, and it's very convenient. Like when you move to a new city and you're like, "Oh, I live here now, yeah. so I get to be a fan of this team." No, I'm not about that. I understand. I mean, I did it myself when I lived in Philadelphia, and it was during the time when the Phillies made their won their World Series. Like. But I always was keenly aware that, like, I was there in a, as an observer and not re- and sort of a participant, but, like, sure. it didn't really belong to me. Yeah. I had not suffered through those dark days That's the, the way thing. that some of that fan base that's, had. It's weird to claim a team when you haven't been there for the badness. Like, that's just yeah. so convenient, you know, like, jumping in and being like, oh, well, I love, I guess in your case, like, I like this Ryan Howard guy. What's he all about? Oh, and I was like, all about Shane Victorino, oh, the flying Hawaiian. He was fun. He was so fun fun and yeah. he was just great to like just kind of fall and I mean Roy Halladay I mean I just I loved him I it was so fun it was so fun to have like a a community language you know like you could walk in someplace wearing a Phillies shirt and people would be like hey yeah. okay yeah yeah oh, you're making me jealous of a time <laughs> that I wasn't really following baseball that closely I mean I was watching those Phillies teams but I wasn't like you know, I didn't have. Opinions. I mean, you were like ten, so I was also yeah in the prime of my elementary school career. You were like playing Pokemon. No, when, uh, let's see. That Phillies Rays World Series was 08, so I would have been in yeah middle school. So yeah, I remember yeah. it. I just wasn't. I mean, I wasn't combing the roster and finding. You know, I didn't have Pedro Feliz opinions or anything <laughs> like that, which I'm sure Philadelphians were all about. Um, nice cut, nice deal. Anyway, we didn't do any actual intros. My name is Matthew Robertson. <laughs> right. The uh, the quasi-host of this podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at mrobertson22. Staff writer here at Lookout Landing, which is run by Kate Prusser. Hello. There she is. She already started talking about the Phillies before Sorry. we told anyone who she was. So you probably confuse people into thinking they were on a Phillies podcast. Oh, I don't think anybody who came to this podcast would be confused. That's true. Do you know that the Phillies have a losing record to the Marlins? And that's a huge reason why they're not in playoff position? What? <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing that's happened this year. What? The Phillies have lost what more games. to the Phillies? Like, they were so good, and I was so excited to cheer them all the way into the postseason. Yeah. And then... It's weird when you put a team together in one offseason, like, at the major league level. Like, there's so many variables there. I think the real problem is that they don't have any pitching outside of Aaron Nola. Yeah. But I'm sure personality is at least a sliver of it. 
I mean, that's what everyone wants have. you to do now, though. Like that, everyone's like, spend money, right. get a team, and it's like, ah, it's just. I think it's a pretty like you have to have that strong farm system. Yeah, you can't build a whole team through free agency or trades. And like I think we've they, the Phillies are maybe in some trouble now because they've traded off like some of their better prospects. Yeah, my boy you know, Sixto. Like, Sixto, yeah. we are big. We are big Sixto fan. I mean, honestly, I gotta say, like Sixto oh. makes me a little nervous yeah. because mm-hmm. health reasons. But he's been good this year, right? Sixto has. Could be. I'm pretty sure Sixto. I mean, no our, idea. Our pals <laughs> over at Fish Stripes are much like we are, kind mm-hmm. of living for their minor leagues, and sure. they do a great job reporting on their minor leagues. So I'm pretty sure I've seen them enthusing over Sixto. I would. Yeah, I'd be enthused. Please take care of Bryson Brigman, also fish oh, people. Oh. Uh, the, the sun that got away. Pour, pour <laughs> one out for Bryson Brigman. I'm raising my beer. Yes, we're both raising our beer. We're here again at Beverage Place. Oh, yes, the Beverage Place pub in West Seattle, home to the last two Lookout Landing podcasts. Really a great vibe. This is a beautiful night for uh, for podcasting. It is. <laughs> what it a is. sentence that is. <laughs> a beautiful night to have a conversation in person that will then be posted on the internet and remove our faces from it. Yeah. A weird, a weird thought. I had that thought the other day. Like a lot of these people don't know what we look like, and they've heard. I'm okay with that. No, me too. I, I but think like, that's great. Yeah, it's funny to think that we could have met lots of these people in person in real life, and they have no idea. Who we are. Oh, I will say that uh, definitely people have, at least once, it's happened where somebody has come up to me at a Mariners game and been like, are you Kate? I recognize oh, your voice. That's so cool. It is, it is a cool feeling, but also like um, a weird one. Yeah, when you you're like, much, oh, I'm a, I'm a disembodied voice that floats through your right. speakers sometimes. But I hope it's a comforting one. Like, that's all we need in the... It's a long, hard march being a Mariners fan, and and we're here for you, and and we like being buddies with you, and thank you for listening. Yeah, thank you, Internet friends. We are the comforting podcast you crave. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the new tagline, comforting podcast that Mariners fans need to get through. Another Stay sexy, don't get too depressed. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. Kate summed it up. So it's just the two of us today running a little uh, little pick and roll. Uh, Kate, are you more of a basketball thing? That is a basketball basketball thing. thing. Kate, are you more of a a roller or a ball handler? Um, well, choose wisely. I'd have to just say I'm a roller based on not knowing what either of those things are. That's great. I'll I'll handle the ball in this situation. (laughs) That's the so like I'm the one who would be dribbling, passing to you, and you do most of the scoring. So it actually kind of, mm. I feel like that works mm, in this analogy. I don't analogy. actually think, knowing what I know about the two of us, that that does track. But no, I'm talking okay. about for this podcast. Oh, sure, sure. I'm going to be setting sure. you up to succeed, getting you easy looks, oh, essentially. Wow. I, yeah. Oh, thank you. That's I have so... great court vision, Kate. A preternatural feel for the game. Mm. The Sue Bird of baseball podcasts. If you have a basketball podcast and you'd like to have Matthew on it. Oh, yeah. He needs some off-season entertainment. I sure so. do. Yeah. Uh, open open call to any of our followers or listeners who enjoy basketball. That Matthew needs something to entertain him over the off season. That's fair. Yeah. Let me get these takes off about random people who I'm sure 75 percent of you are not familiar with, which is a healthy thing to do. You don't have to watch all the sports. I have just chosen to watch most of them. <laughs> so uh, we're getting through it together via podcast. Uh, speaking of which, Kate will be joined by New York guy later, making his triumphant return to the podcast as we. Uh... Wait, I thought the other one was Boston guy. No, they're both oh, New York guys. No, we haven't had a we haven't had a Boston, had a Boston guy. guy. No, no, I don't know any Boston guys. Yeah. New York guy just kind of fell into our lap. I mean, he, he's great. I mean, it was yeah, it was not a super pleasant experience. Uh, he smelled like pepperoni. He's a man of of taste. I think <laughs> just different taste than us West Coasters it's are kind used of a to. Greasy taste. Yeah. Okay, all right. But, I mean, due to, you know how scheduling is and life, it gets in the way. I will not be able to be here with New York. Right, right, of course. So I'll cede my chair to him. But uh, he's going to be great. He's going to get his thoughts in on uh, the Yankee season, which has been fun. And the Mariners play the Yankees from Monday through Wednesday. Which will be less fun. Perhaps, yeah. But let's dwell on what's fun. Let's Let's dwell on what's fun. The Mariners just took a home series from the Blue Jays. Woo! That's very exciting given sort of what those series have morphed into, which is just an excuse for Blue Jays fans, who I'm sure are mostly nice people, and I'm sure they fall into a lot of those 
Canadian stereotypes. But I think this is like, you know what Rumspringa is for Amish people? Oh, absolutely. I think it's their yeah. Rumspringa where they can yeah, just go they nuts come for down a weekend. And they're like, yeah, I think that's a very wise point. Thank you. I will say like. We had a meetup last year with the folks from Bluebird Banter, which is okay, the SB yeah. Nation Blue Jay site. They were lovely. They were wonderful people. And then we all got to the game, and they all, like, disappeared. And yeah. I mean, I understand if you live in Western Canada and you've been kind of fed this line about the Blue Jays are Canada's team, and it's the lone MLB team in all of Canada. Like, maybe you get behind that and... You know, you come down with all your friends and you feel like you're at home. And they don't really have a stadium to go to. They don't have a place. They don't have a home. They're not going to the Rogers Center. So I get that. And I think some of them behave well, but, like, so many of them just don't. And I think that's a good, that's a very good, it's a very apt analogy, Rumspringer. Thank you. I worked hard on it. (laughs) The thing that bothers me the most is that they take such a, a pride in being a nuisance which is like that's not good in any aspect of life like you can obviously like your team and support your team but going out of your way to make it worse for Mariners fans is truly infuriating really reveling in the DW energy yes like being DW to our Arthur DW Reed from the television show Arthur (laughs) who lived to make life miserable for dear Arthur who was a sweet boy really he's a good boy (laughs) he was so nice we were always on Arthur's side yeah DW was a pest. I still had big manners energy actually, where yeah, like he oh, meant yeah. well, but things often, <laughs> things often went astray. Right. Yeah, <laughs> that was Arthur's whole existence. <laughs> I, uh, I on Friday, I was on the light rail coming home from work, and the invasion had started. It was a mm. bunch of Blue Jays fans heading to the stadium, and like one percent of me wanted to tell them to get off at the wrong stop because you could see them getting on and like reading the little map that's uh, on there, yeah. like which one is stadium, and I was like. Oh, what if I send them to the airport? <laughs> like, just <laughs> as far away as possible. Oh, yeah, they renamed the stadium Angle Lake. So yeah. You're going to want to You're going to want to just stay on until the very end. Can't the, miss it. Eh, it's going to look big and watery there, yeah. but... Yeah, that's the other thing that... Uh, or, excuse me, one of the other things that I took some, some joy in was seeing all of them in jerseys of people who don't play for the Blue Jays yeah. anymore. R.I.P. Troy Tulowitzki. There was a lo- they loved Tulowitzki and he wasn't even there for very long. He's a good boy. He, he good, seemed like a, a nice, nice lad nice for fellow, sure. But, but it was all Batista, Tulowitzki. I saw a lot of Devin Travis. They really liked him. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think that was the classic like he was the hype pro, uh, prospect, so then people went and bought his jersey. Like how a lot of Mariners fans have yeah. a Dustin Ackley jersey or Smoke. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. And now, nowadays thing. have a Julio jersey, but we can talk I hope. about that. We yeah. can talk about that. I hope so. That would be fun. I mean, get him on the ground floor there. You'd have to customize it, though. There's no way the Mariners are selling Yeah, Julio there's jerseys. definitely somebody who has sadly gone private on Twitter um, who has a Julio and then the wife has a Jared oh, wow. Kelnick jersey. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's quite a both of them were like wow. That's risky too because we don't know what numbers they're gonna wear yet. Like yeah, there's a lot of things yeah. that could change. I mean they now have and they then. have preferred numbers sure. I think. But like I think Jared's might be kind of troublingly fifteen. Oh, which okay. uh, yeah yeah which uh, Depending on how things pan out, yeah. 15, 18, and then Julio, I think, is 44. So. Yeah, which has been open that, for that a while. That feels like a safe, a yeah. safe option. I think they'll they'll move some things around for yeah. that to happen. He's wearing, well, he's switched to eight now, but was wearing three in Modesto for a while, which caused, like, a stir for right. some people who wanted to. Like, our uh, Joe Doyle pointed it out and was like, oh, Rodriguez wearing three. That kind sure. of, because that, that feels a certain way to some people. Like, for him, that felt pleasant. Like a, a, yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, no, for Joe. Joe oh. enjoyed that. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. because yeah, he liked A-Rod when he was here, and uh-huh. Julio has very clearly modeled himself on A-Rod. But other people got their collective panties in a knot. It's true. Despite it. the fact that the current starting shortstop for the Manners is already wearing <laughs> that number. already wearing number three, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so I I don't know I mean it's it's fun to kind of look down definitely saw a lot of Vlad Guerrero they do like Junior. Vlad and how could uh, you not of course of yeah. course but I mean it, it is risky paying that money if you're gonna go like full real not knockoff jersey which we yeah. know per our Eric Sanford you always should 
just you gotta not do your research when you're buying jerseys yeah absolutely yeah you just you cannot especially i can always pick out the uh the counterfeit ones. Oh yeah, but the real ones are like two hundred fifty dollars. They are really expensive. It's unreal, yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, you can get ones that are like a hundred or something. Yeah. Um, my advice would be if you are gonna do the the non-official jersey, let's mm-hmm. put it that way, don't do the the teal ones because they cannot reproduce. I can pick out a fake teal jersey. Oh yeah, absolutely. They always come out too green. It's such a specific color, yeah. And the silver is like very sparkly and also like very specific. Yeah. Yeah, That's a good point. I saw somebody at the ballpark when I was there last time who had a um, it was customized and it was like 17 was the number and then long years was the name I think to refer to the playoff drought. Uh That and only it, has a one-year shelf life, though. Yeah, so obviously it was a counterfeit. I mean, it was uh, a it yeah. was a fake jersey, um, and it was the the teal, which is uh, and I mean, it was just it was the color. It was like yeah. a garden gnome green. Yeah, it's you know? easy to spot. You're you're 100 right. On which that. I understand if you're doing, and it was already out of date. I think because it was seven. Aren't we on 18? It's 2001. On so yeah, this yeah. is the 18th year. Of so it. yeah, it's yeah. already out of date. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, it is it is choppy waters. That's why I always go with the Martinez eleven. That's what I was gonna say. My yep. rule of thumb: if you're gonna shell out for the real jersey, is get a retired player. So there's no chance of them yep. getting traded, of them becoming a villain because their production falls off, yeah. of them getting canceled. Like Edgar's, yeah, and like especially Edgar is yeah. not ever gonna get canceled. <laughs> no, so. not at all. So yeah, that's that's definitely the move. Get your uh, get your Edgar jerseys now. Get your Seahawk. You know, Cam Chancellor jerseys mm-hmm. now. Yeah, absolutely. Uncancelable, uncancelable Seattle athletes, exactly, I think. Yeah. Cam but Chancellor, we hope. Edgar Martinez. We really hope. No, yeah. no, I, I, I feel in my bones Cam Chancellor would not ever do anything to be canceled. Um, who else? I feel like there has to be a basketball one, but I can't. I mean, it'd probably be Gary Payton, who was like Gary a notorious Payton. asshole on the court, but yeah, I think Yeah, nice is, guy in yeah. person. I agree. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's not why we're here, though, Kate. Okay? You're, here right, to pick, you're right. I'm sorry. Pick uncancelable athletes. That, that That's a different podcast. That would be a good question, though. Somebody send us that the question. The least next cancelable week. player on the Mariners. <laughs> Somebody send us that question because that's a good one. Yeah, but we are. Uh, let's talk about. I have a question for you, I guess. That's okay. sort of on the front of my mind. Maybe. How? Because at this point, it's become a thing. How do you feel about the yearly Blue Jay fan invasion? Like, are you past the point of getting upset about it? Are you still like? kind of turned off by it. Like, I know I avoid the stadium Oh, yeah, costs. for sure. That's out of the question for I me. I mean, if they want it, I guess, for a weekend, they can have it. It sucks. I know it's a big moneymaker. It is. It's a huge moneymaker. It's the tourism moneymaker. Like, oh, yeah, it's massive. Um, You know, it's definitely a moneymaker for the Mariners. It's not something that's going to stop. So, like, why fight it? Why get mad about it, too? Because yeah. I think a lot of the idea of it being an invasion, like, depends on you getting mad about it. So right. I've chosen not to be mad. I was actually... Um, because the Blue Jays in Tankathon 2020, yeah, uh, which I've been keeping careful tabs. It's on. fun to monitor. Uh, we were in the number five spot for a while, and uh, Toronto had slid behind us. But now we unfortunately decimated them in both these series. <laughs> won both the series head to head. So rude, right? So rude like of the, the one year that we needed them to kind of suck. Yeah. And, or yeah, and they just they or we needed them to be good. We needed the Blue Jays to beat us so yeah. that we could have a better draft pick. Exactly. It would have been great if they had swept us in Toronto. But yeah. I like being able to beat them when all their fans come down for that the weekend and get all That was extremely satisfying. Yeah. And like, the fact that they're like future stars of Bobachette, who's very, very good. Right? Bobachette is, looks very good. Yeah, he's very yeah. good. Either that or like the league hasn't adjusted or scouting report. Who knows? But yeah. he looks great. Um... Vlad, of course, Vlad Jr. would give several unimportant limbs for Vlad Jr. I've never been super impressed by, I don't know how you say it, Kavan, Kavan Biggio. I believe it's Kavan. Kavan. Which is not a name. Not a name. That is like a series of letters. That sounds like a like a board game. That you, like <laughs> Settlers, of Settlers of Kavan. Settlers of Kavan. I saw him at the Arizona Fall League. I was not blown away. 
Was it the Arizona? I think it was the Arizona Fall League. Anyway, I've not been super impressed by him. Um, but anyway, so they've got all this young and upcoming talent. They've got Nate Pearson about to come up, who they won't bring up because service time or whatever, who is legitimately scary. He throws like 101. Um, and yet, with all this like fun and burgeoning new talent, they got kicked around by the Tom Murphys of the world. They sure did, Austin baby. Austin Nola. Matt McGill shutting shit down. Oh, yeah. Matt McGill, who is, again, like not a rant. Somebody who's been in MLB for a while, not like Tim Lopes having right. his first his first tour of the majors like imagine getting your shit kicked around by the collection of 2019 Mariners. yeah not a good look <laughs> not a good look at all especially That's fantastic i'm sure the blue jays coaching staff and the people that work for the team too are like kind of licking their lips at the opportunity for the young kids to get like their chance against right, the Mariners who right. are great in, who are like, like kind of a pro-ish version of a triple a team sure and also yeah. like in front of the fans who travel to see the blue jays yeah. like i'm sure in their head the blue jays are like oh my god vlad's gonna hit yeah five home runs this weekend and bobachette is gonna wow people and like bobachette looked good it didn't really matter in the end but it's very i took a lot of joy in knowing that all these people came down to see like the best version of the blue jays i think vlad had one hit this weekend i, I think he had a home run so sure. it, was, it was and bobachette had a lot of he, yeah, but. he was going all over the field, too. He had, like, an opposite field double that was, like, an inch inside the right field line today, which was maddening, but... Yes, but it turns out that, like, when you don't have any pitching, like, any pitching at all... True. And I think that that's what's really encouraging about the Mariners uh, is that they can take a Matt McGill off the street and be like, we're just going to shine you up a little here, yeah. and, and poof, you're a closer, like... The ability to make something out of what is seemingly nothing on the major leagues. So, like, the Mariners do have their fun young players. They do have J.P. Crawford. Like, I think Tom Murphy has some actual legs to stick as a backup catcher in I think MLB. So. Um, you know, they, they have these fun pieces. Not as many as the Blue Jays had, and yet are moderately fun pieces, yeah. plus these randos that they kind of pulled in off the street. And their dads aren't even famous. <laughs> I yeah, I love that the Blue Jays' whole development thing was like, all right, let's pick all the famous scions we can get exactly. and like we'll just let dna do the rest and another thing that i forgot because <laughs> where you don't have development let dna do yeah. it <laughs> another thing that i forgot too is because i uh i wrote the recap for sunday's game for lookoutlanding.com which you should read of course and i decided uh to watch it on the blue jays broadcast just because yeah that was a weird choice yeah that you well made. i do genuinely like it it's dan mm -hmm. shulman who does a yeah. lot of espn stuff he's great well, he's, it is an it's always the broadcast i pick when i'm just watching a game exactly in, in randomly yeah but i mean I, a certain part of it too is just like i've seen so many mariners games with the sims blowers combination mm -hmm. and i've never watched i've obviously seen you know Blue Jays, Yankees, whatever, Blue Jays, Red Sox on the Sportsnet broadcast, but I've never really watched a Mariners game with the other team's broadcasters, so I was curious what they would say about our guys. They loved right. Marco. They were talking about how that was an interesting trade because, obviously, Tyler O'Neill's Canadian, so they had some, oh, some interest yeah. in that. Oh, Blue Jays fans wanted him so yeah, badly. Exactly. They yeah. really wanted... And, I mean, uh, there's a possibility. O'Neill has struggled with health. Like, they're, they're, who knows? Somewhere yeah. down the, the road. But what I was getting at is one thing I forgot was that another one of their young players is Yuli Gurriel's brother. So it's even Mortis. more even more yeah. of the keeping it in the family of established major leaguers. Because they said, like, they're having Dan Shulman and Pat Tabler, the, play -by or the color commentary guy, were having this conversation about, like, what does their – ideal lineup look like in two years and the top four is Bichette Kevin Biggio Lourdes Gurriel mm -hmm. and Vladdy who yeah. all have family members in Major oh, League absolutely. Baseball Lourdes is really interesting he's another one I saw in the Arizona Fall League and mm -hmm. I like him so there's a significant age gap too between him and Yuli is something to know it's like Yuli is I think 34 he's in his late 30s yeah uh, not or mid to late 30s, 30s yeah. I mean late 30s for a baseball right, player yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like he's on the sunset of his career baseball yeah. wise but Lourdes is in his early 20s I believe um 
yeah, maybe Yulia, 22. Yulia is 35 like and Lourdes is 25. Yeah, so 10 years between them, which is a pretty significant gap. Um, and it was it was interesting because Yuli was kind of, they're Cuban, right? They were, yeah. they were so... Yuli was the prize signing and Lourdes was kind of like a, a consolation prize but I don't know if I trust the Blue Jays to develop him into what I think he could be I'm not sure about their development yet but um, he might wind up being the more prolific major leaguer but just sheerly because of age by the time yeah. we're done but we have our own strategy here which is to actually scout people yeah. and <laughs> not just not just do like a ancestry.com search <laughs> Mariners seem to be on the ground finding these guys and Amazing. it's been I mean you know they found Logan Gilbert from Stetson they have yeah well I mean from Stet- like Corey Kluber came out of Stetson sure like, yeah, 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 yeah. Stetson has a I That's think fair. that but Logan, they have the Elon thing as well. They've been finding these kids in the Dominican to some success. I mean, Julio and Noel V. Marte are showing a lot of promise. Yeah, the Baseball America just did another like a preview of the 2020 class, and the Mariners are not linked to any of the big names, but which Julio was a big name and Noel V. was a big name. So it, it is a little disappointing to see for the second year in the row them not be linked to any of these guys. Right. But they have a big signing in a kid named Starlin Aguilar, who is, I guess, for whatever reason, not on the the big list. Anyway, yes, they're scouting, they're finding these guys, um, and more importantly, they're developing them. Logan Gilbert is on, uh, I want to say it's an 18-inning streak. He just had a start in an 18-inning scoreless inning streak. Uh, he just had a start in in Arkansas where he was, again, excellent for six innings, I think. Um, six innings? Five innings? Anyway, he had at least a strikeout per inning. He looked very sharp. I mean, he's moved three levels. He's just, he's absolutely hit, I think, every benchmark you wanted to have for him mm-hmm. this season and exceeded them. So it's really exciting to see all these guys on the farm succeeding and yeah I mean I just like enjoy your your legacy picks yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly it seems like people show up to the Blue Jays Academy and they ask like oh like who's your dad like what (laughs) who do you know here all that sort of thing rather than actually watching them play baseball they do like a background check and like oh this guy's dad was a Hall of Famer you're signed and like Kevin Biggio I'm sure will be fine but it is just hilarious to me that that's like, it's not just a, a coincidence anymore that there are three top yeah, prospects. Yeah, no, absolutely not. All have famous dads. But yeah, I mean, the Julio, Logan, Gilbert, Kalanick trio. Is it prospect it gets me, talking It time? gets me very excited, and it is prospect it's talking. It's prospect talking We should have like a little time. sound drop, like, it's prospect talking it's prospect time. time. Damn, Burp, son, bow. where'd you find these prospects? <laughs> <laughs> Can we just record that? I'll, I'll try to I'll try to come up with something. Ooh, prospects. <laughs> uh, do you want to start with Julio Rodriguez and his 607 average <laughs> in his first 30 plate appearances in the Cal League? Do I ever? Uh, 322 ooh. WRC plus, by the way, in sure, Modesto sure. as of Sunday night. Down, down from the 600 it was mm-hmm. at. So I mean, disappointing. I've been kind of like trying to check a little bit. Oh, he just struck out. It's his third time striking out in the Cal League. I know, bummer. Um, Julio has taken very nicely to the Cal League, which is extremely aggressive. Um, It's a very aggressive assignment for someone who is 18. He is the second youngest player in the league. And I feel like an uh, an important thing to remember about Julio is his birthday... We always talk about his birthday being in 2001. If he's 18, then yeah, yeah that would check out. But mm. it's like very, very late December. His birthday is, yes. Well, it's December 29th, 2000. Yes. So, birthday. I mean, it's basically it's basically 2001. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, we'll round I mean, the nearest 2001. <laughs> I mean, he's a, he is a month away from being born right, in 2001. Right, right. Yeah. So I think um, that is something to remember is not just that he is young, but he's 
his number age is even less than I think. I hear what you're you, saying. You know what I'm saying? He's okay. a young 2000 baby. He's a young 2000 baby. That's what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Um, so I was surprised. I was happy that they called him up, and I think they needed to because he wasn't being challenged at A anymore. But I mean, considering that at this time last year he was in the Dominican League yeah um, and then he came over and he did like the high performance camp and I remember I met him I met Julio to do an interview with him and for an article outside of the complex when I was down for the Arizona Fall League last year and he was telling me that he was going to be here for the Arizona Fall League next year and because he didn't know the Arizona Fall League is considered like a finishing school for prospects. It's for a certain advanced kind of prospect. Um, you know, a lot of the guys have completed double A. Sometimes they're in triple A. Definitely high A, I think, yeah. on the younger end. Last year was like Evan White was there for the Mariners. Yeah, who had just completed a full year of, of high A and was a college player right. as well. So, um so he was like, you know, I'm gonna be here next year. I was like, oh, sure you yeah. will, Julio. That's cute. I Fun to have like, goals. Oh yeah, I thought yeah. it was so cute because he'd like laid it all out. Like he wants to make the majors before he's 20 years old. He wants to make it. He's as trying a to do the A Rod. Trying to do yeah. the A Rod. Like he wants to, at the very latest, be 19. Um, but he wants teen to be after his age. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, yes, I will be at the Arizona Fall League next year. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. <laughs> but now he is actually going to be yeah, at the Arizona Fall League. Yeah, Him no. and Kelnick. Him and Kelnick. Yeah, yeah. both of them. Uh, which, brief plug, if you can, go to the Arizona Fall League. It's super fun. It's very cheap. It's the same low cost that you will pay for a flight down to Arizona if you happen to be in the Seattle area. Um, you know, we're talking like 150, 200 round trip for a plane sure. ticket. And then uh, the hotels are all in off-peak prices. It's not, it's not spring, spring training. training right? Yeah, exactly. So ev- it's just, it's really cheap. And Get out of the Seattle baseball's and the really good. Shitty too. Yeah. So anyway, this is my plug. Go to the Arizona Folly. You will see some incredible baseball from some players who are going to be tomorrow's superstars and Julio and Jared are going to be there and I don't know who else but I'm anticipating they're going to send some fun some fun they're going to enjoy themselves for sure too like Jared and Julio seem to feed off each other in a big way it's going to be and I mean just to be like they're going to be on that younger edge so they're going to want to kind of impress like they're both guys who are you know they're on the top 100, but they're not top 25. Maybe Kalnick has cr- has cracked the top 25 right, right, right. a little, but you know they're they're gonna want to put on a show. And both of those guys are, in my experience, people who love to put on a show. Yes, definitely. Uh, it's gonna it's going to be incredibly fun. Yeah, so. and I'm glad you mentioned prospect list because we have a question from oh. Joel Marquez on Twitter okay. at Trader Joel or perhaps Joel. Sorry if we got your name wrong. <laughs> Uh, they want to know how about predictions for where Julio, Kalanick, and Gilbert end up on year-end prospect list. Are they top twenty overall yet? That seems Whoa. a little steep. Well, I mean, obviously they're all; those are probably the three most exciting prospects in the Mariners yeah. system. I mean, Evan White probably has more polish. You know, Dunn and Sheffield are you know a little more advanced, but. Those three are the ones that I'm most excited about. Yeah. I mean, those are the ones that seem like they'll have the most superstar potential. So I'm curious, as the the prospect you know watcher that you are, what you think they're going to do for the rest of the season, because that will kind of determine uh, where they end up on these year-end lists that people hold so near and dear to prospects. Yeah, um, so Kalnick stock, I think, took a little bit of a hit because he struggled slightly in the Cal League. Um, he did, when he came back from injury, have a little bit of a hard time getting it all together. He's, he saw some tough breaking balls, but him going to AA and like pretty well just cruising at a yeah. 122 WRC plus or whatever, like he's back to the player he was. He's not striking out a lot. He's walking plenty. He's hitting for some power, a lot of average. I mean, he's playing an excellent center field. Kelnick, I think, deserves to be a top 25 
maybe back end of your top 25 list. So anywhere yeah. from 15 to 25. There are going to be a lot of graduations too, as some of the guys who are up there move up and are promoted. But right. and then Julio, I think the thing that held Julio back was people didn't see him and prospect evaluators love power and Julio has that power and yes it was a little hard to showcase in West Virginia because a lot of those parks don't play big for power but now he's in the Cal League and whatever he can do down the stretch I think should help I mean Julio is special and so the question is just having an opportunity for these prospect evaluators to see him and declare him right. special. And that's probably a big reason him. for the Arizona Fall League also yes, to absolutely. get eyes on Julio. I would guess if both of them go crush in the Arizona Fall League, I think both of them will wind up as top 25 prospects. Yeah. Gilbert is tough because I don't think he'll pitch in the Arizona Fall League. I think that... Yeah, pitchers are so fickle with like uh, playing time as well because you don't want to yeah. overdo it and like no. have, and any pitch could be an injury which is the sad truth exactly. of being a pitcher I, I don't think Gilbert is at a ton of risk because his mechanics are very clean and repeatable and he's not been throwing at his peak velocity he's been at 91, 93, maybe 94. He's not been dialing it up. He was initially, when he got to West Virginia, up at 97 a couple times in his early starts and has yeah. really backed off that below. Uh, as a way to kind of be able to... He hasn't missed a start. I mean, he's pitched over 100 innings. The arm, I think, is still really fresh, but he's going to have to pitch through uh, the Arkansas playoffs, and, you know, hopefully they they make it a ways, so... That'd be huge. I mean, being able to get... It's obviously, you know, the double-A playoffs, but that's still the biggest thing you could do at that level, and, like, getting, you know, Jared and uh, Logan Gilbert and Kyle Lewis, all all those guys who haven't had, like really like big game experience unless they were in like you know their conference tournament in college like that's not nothing you know what I mean getting like high pressure situations and like you know the like the feel of oh this game matters rather than like we're just playing in you know middle of nowhere West Virginia or Arkansas or whatever and they definitely value that like they value the importance of playoffs uh, in the organization so I don't know if we see Logan Gilbert in the AFL, but um, I think he's underrated by prospect evaluators. I think anyone who has him outside of their top 50, you know, I think Baseball America still has him in the 80s somewhere in their top 100. Like, that's just, that's misscouting. And a, a lot of, like, Baseball America, they're based in North Carolina, so they're not out in Arkansas seeing him, like... He's been through three different levels. He was so he was at each level so little of a time that um, you know it's been a challenge. I think for some outlets to get out and scout him. I think we have some. I'm gonna toot our own prospect coverage yeah, at the landing and just say I think we have some of the best and most up to date scouting on Logan Gilbert because we've been watching him at all those different levels as much as we can. And all those and starts and those terrible, terrible uniforms. <laughs> all that terrible, terrible. Fi- I mean, we've yeah. suffered through so many bad broadcasts right. to to watch him, but. You know, he's he's a tremendous upside. I think he's much more than anyone scouted him as. And, um, yeah, he's, he's, he's a special talent. I don't know that evaluators are going to catch up with him in time for him to get the kind of prospect recognition he deserves. But he deserves it. He deserves it. And for a more local spin, we have another question. This one comes from Amanda Lane Cumming at Mariner Mandy. Our own, our very own Amanda. Very own, a phenomenal writer, great Twitter presence. Great historian. Yes, she's has like really our cornered staff that market. Historian, yeah. yeah, and shares great tidbits with us when she finds a funny newspaper story oh, from like fantastic. the seventies. Yes, yeah. an orgy of drinking. Was yeah, that was one recent. that she found yeah. about like a nineteen twenty. A player died. A player yeah. died in a drinking orgy, and they were like, there was a blind pig involved. We yeah. all had to talk about what a blind pig. Was. Yeah, we're gonna let the listeners piece it together. They can do their own. They can <laughs> well, do their I think, own Google I'm searches. Hope, I'm hoping Amanda is working on something out True. of all of that. Keep because... your ears to the streets, people. Anyway, Amanda wants to know, as she is a Tacoma resident, uh, now that Tacoma's home season has ended, which fun prospects can I look forward to watching here next year? So a bit of oh. speculation. I mean, AAA is weird because a lot of prospects will skip AAA entirely, yeah. but. It doesn't even have to be necessarily like one of the the big guys who's like going to be a Mariner. It can, I mean, obviously they all 
have a chance of being managed if they're at that level, but people who could be fun to watch, maybe who aren't, you know, the ones okay. that are good enough to skip AAA. Okay, okay. I have some, I have some answers for that. Um, so pitching is really difficult to predict. I think that, like, you can't leave Evan White at AA anymore. He's been there a full year. Yeah. I don't know that, that he breaks camp with the team, but so he might be in Tacoma for a while, Could do which the shuttle. would be very yeah. exciting. Um, yeah, I think that they'll move up some of the guys who were at Double A this full year. If the rabbit ball is still the rabbit ball, I do not think that they'll send Justin Dunn, for example, there. Right. Um, the only I thing that I can see is if they want to make him into a reliever, I feel like that would yeah. be the place to be like, okay, try yeah, if, these shorter outings. Yeah, if they decide that his futures, in, in which case, also turn up the timeline on him... Uh, getting to Seattle because relievers move so much faster. But uh, So I don't know. Predicting the pitching is tough, but I don't think, like, you don't have a lot left for Kyle Lewis to learn at the level. He's been there. So I think he probably starts at AAA. I think Evan White starts at AAA. I think... um, I don't know about Luis Liberato. He's been a little hurt yeah. and he just got promoted this year but he would be fun to watch he's super fast and a plus center fielder um i think jordan cowan maybe moves up who's probably one of the more underrated prospects in the system no one talks about him but he's been extremely consistent for double a arkansas in his first kind of full healthy season yeah. and donnie, donnie walton, walton is what i was gonna say i'm yeah. looking at his numbers right now he's got a 136 wrc plus this year in his second year of double a he's made the improvement that i would think they'd want to see yeah. for a guy repeating double a uh well i mean part of the reason he had to repeat is he was hurt he struggles mm. a lot with injuries in his career um, he's been at different levels. This is the first year he's been consistently healthy and all at one level. And he's just, I mean, he's got incredible contact skills. So Donnie Walton is another one who I'd be very excited to see at AAA next year. Well, there you go. Yeah, all of our uh, Tacoma area residents who I'm sure have... Tacoma's going to be a fun team. I yeah. Mean, it's going to be fun. And that has not been the case for a very long time. It's well, been a lot of sort AAA of the, is the always, guys. AAA yeah. is always difficult because, you know, it's a placeholder for a lot right. of guys. So, and it's like a lot of guys who are kind of fringy and like might be part of the team later on. So it's always kind of a mix between guys who just aren't quite there yet and guys who are on hopefully like some kind of career change figuring something out washed up veterans who are looking for a second you're Tommy Malone's of the world some of those guys will go up yeah Tommaso is real name big fan of that name one of the more fun I thought this year's players weekend was dull both in the uniforms (sighs) and in the nicknames but Tommaso is fun do you want to do you want want to just do a little bit just do a little bit I think people want to hear about players weekend the thing that just drives me up the wall is that the whole point of players weekend is to showcase the players but if you make them all look exactly the same there's no way to know who you're watching (laughs) like the ones last year the jerseys themselves where the manners were in like like easter egg colors i didn't love those jerseys but like it's still better than making every single player on the manners and then the 14 other teams wearing the same color all look identical like that doesn't help anyone especially because i'd be like this weekend i'd be like scrolling through twitter and you know the mlb twitter account would post a clip and i'd be like i don't know who who these people are (laughs) yeah even when you can see like what team it is like the scoreboard will be included and you're like okay this is the mets and the braves or whatever and you have to like really pay attention yeah yeah it turns out a lot of pitchers look the same they sure do strip them of all their identifying features and And it's not even just another tall white guy they were saying like a huge point of it was to like emphasize the cleats and the you know the fun arm sleeves and socks and that really didn't even like when you're watching a game on tv it's hard to see like the intricacies of a player's cleats it is you just true. see the color. More I mean, than even someone like D, who like obviously is going to bring the drip, exactly. or Malix yeah. in every way. Like they're just they're tiny little specks. They're little. Yeah, it was specks a big misfire by MLB. It was, and also, I mean, even if they're going to be dramatic with the cleats and whatnot, like 
It's a little like the measure of a sushi chef is how well they make like it's just a cooked egg omelet. Like, oh. Yeah. Like okay. just how well you can just do an egg because it's very simple, but because it's so simple, it's very easy to fuck up. Oh, I see. And I felt like the black and white uniforms were like, oh. It's exactly that. Yeah. The, uh, it should be very simple, this monochromatic palette, but like, it's almost like when you're cooking, when you cook with very simple ingredients, like you make a pasta with just like garlic and tomato and mm-hmm. olive oil, each one of those ingredients has to be on its own so strong because it's simple. You can't like put in a ton of stuff and just cover it up. Like, That's exactly it. So yeah, it was, it was too, it's for your average MLB player who is maybe not the sauce master, right. Gordon is. Or like very distinct looking. Like a lot of yeah. the superstars don't really, I mean, Aaron yeah. Judge is tall, but other than that, it's like yeah. they all kind of blend together. Like not being able to pick out Jacob DeGrom was a personal low point for me when I yeah, was trying to figure bad. out who that picture was. And that's really like a detriment to MLB. Yeah, exactly. This is one of the best pitchers in the league and you made him look like, like if you called up a triple A guy, he would have looked exactly the same in that jersey. So get it together, MLB. Big fail on the players weekend. Big fail, yeah. Well, I'm going to seed my time uh, as we have a New York guy uh, waiting in the wings here at the bar. Uh, He's been drinking heavily. Oh my gosh. there's, There's like a Go, yeah, is... and I mean, I got a lot of stuff to do, so I should probably head home and let you guys handle this on oh, your own. My... He's definitely not doing himself oh, any favors no. over there. Oh, no. He seems to be yelling about how Shane Spencer was the best outfielder in the major leagues, and no one knows who that is. No, so that's not no. Good. I mean, it's really just him throwing a fit in a bunch of confused Seattleites standing around. And... Yeah. They looking bemused. So we'll go rescue New York guy and the people who are forced we into this conversation. To. He's right. gonna he has a lot of opinions, so he'll he'll share those with the group. Right. Uh, goodbye everyone. Uh, I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. As always, uh, coming up is the one and only New York guy. We're back. Uh, okay, so I am leading the podcast now, which makes me a little nervous because this is not usually kind of my forte, my bread and butter. Um, but okay, hello, New York guy. Welcome. Hey, back. how are we doing? I got some questions right off the bat. First, oh. where is the other guy? The last time I did this podcast, there was another guy. He had a beard. He looked like if Jabba Chamberlain never played for the Yankees and could let his facial hair grow out. Yes. Where is that guy? Yes. Okay, that's John. Johnny. Yeah, he moved to. He actually moved to New York. He he is a New York guy now. He's a New York guy. He's a New York. Where guy. does he live? Is he in the big city? The he's in Cooperstown. On purpose? Ah, that's what we all said. <laughs> oh, no, Johnny. What, what is yeah. he doing? Did he get inducted? Is this a big day for Johnny? Uh, you know, I don't... Last I checked, he, he drove an Uber. Oh. Uh, well, except there's no Uber, so it's so just like... So, like, a horse-drawn carriage? It's, like, his own his own kind of personal taxi service. Well, hey, that's good for he, Johnny. He drove, drove home three members of New York City's finest. Oh. They were a little inebriated at a bar, and there's no taxi service in that New York That does Cooperstown, sound on apparently. brand for the boys in blue. <laughs> oh, well, Johnny, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere, kid. I'll tell you that. We miss you here on the podcast. Uh, I still don't know how this works exactly. They put a microphone in my face. Yeah. And they uh, there was some Michelobes last time. This time we're at a nice bar. Uh, it's a lot of craft beer in this part of the world. I'm a Michelob guy through and through. But, yeah, I'm uh, sorry they didn't have it here. It's all right. It's all right. I'm here for other reasons, all right? Yes, so let's let's talk about those. Uh, are you in town for the for the series? I You're sure am. To yes, I am. I came here to see the Yankees. They're cruising through the American League right now, uh, and yeah, I got a lot of excitement about this team. But before we go any farther, I do have some bragging to do. Uh, the last time I was on this podcast, you yeah. asked me which of the Mariners at that time would I want to be on the Yankees, and I proved to be clairvoyant. Because I said I wanted the parrot guy. Yeah. Lo and behold. Yes. Yeah. You've got. How's he doing? Well, he's there? a bit injured. He's not played oh. very much. But I will still take pride in being so clairvoyant. Not to be confused with my cousin clairvoyant, who is very mean to me. <laughs> <laughs> She's not a nice lady. I'm sorry but we, to hear that. <laughs> yeah. We gotta. I mean, it's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. But uh, we got the parrot guy. I don't know how much he played. He was in there. He hit a couple of home runs, and then he disappeared. Well, we hope to get him back for the playoffs. I don't know where they're going to put him, though, because we got so many guys who don't have a glove but can hit the ball 
500 feet. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, that does appear to be the... Uh, is Didi Gregorius back? Is Didi that, is, is back. Sir, He's Sir the Didi? best shortstop in Yankee history. Um, <laughs> I fully believe this. They've never... I, you got someone on the tip of your tongue here? I think there was another guy. There was another uh, guy. Are you thinking perhaps of Randy Velotti? He was a I, good player. I don't think I'm thinking of him. Well, if you think of it, let me know. But okay, Didi, okay, Didi has really proven himself to be... Uh, uh, Mr. Whatever month of the year it is at that time. That's what Didi is good at. Fantastic. He does not care about the calendar. He will play all year round at any at any sort of skill level that we need. So New York guy, you're here in the city. Uh, did you did you get some tickets? Did you buy them from the Mariners? Did you scalp that? Like how, I, how I you... know a guy. Everyone in New York has a guy for whatever mm. service you might be looking for. So yes, I went to my guy. He's uh, he's on Canal Street, and I don't know if they're real. I'm gonna show up to the stadium, and if I get turned away, I get turned away. I've bought a lot of counterfeit tickets. All right, I tried to see Hamilton. Turns out it was a guy named Hamilton oh, in his no. apartment. I still saw the show. He was a nice guy. He had a good show, but it was not what I was anticipating. Uh, there's been a lot of things like that where I think it's one thing ends up being another. I tried to see the Knicks. It was a Stevie Nicks cover band. Also, not bad. That seems like it would be more enjoyable than actually watching the Knicks. That is true in a lot of senses, but I don't know if you've tried to see anyone do a Stevie Nicks impression. It does not hold a candle just a to, lot of scarves, to the right? queen. It was, a, it was a lot of scarves. It was a lot of cocaine, which oh, I... Yeah, oh, Yeah, okay. that's a big, you know, I mean, it's that's showbiz, baby. You know how it is. Sure, but, uh, the biz we call show. Yes, but anyway, yes, I am here. Uh, also, uh, the missus and I are welcoming our third child. Oh, uh, congratulations. Yes, Mike Talkman guy will be the name of the baby. Joining oh. uh, David Wells guy and Java Chamberlain guy, my other okay. two sons, Fantastic. who I mentioned on the last pod. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm here to see uh, Mike Talkman. I'm here to see the rest of the Yankees. Hopefully, uh, it's the last last hurrah for me before my son is born. The plan mm-hmm. is for Mike Talkman guy to arrive and immediately be a cult figure, just like the actual Mike. Oh, Talkman. of course, of course. So. Um, so I gotta ask. Growing up in New York, as I assume you did. I sure did. Staten Island. Yes, New York adjacent. Whoa, um, whoa, 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 whoa. How, does, how is it determined whether you're a Mets or a Yankees fan? Like, is it a oh, street a by question. a street thing? Or, like, do they just at the hospital, like, put the hat on you and it alternates? Or how, how, do, how does one get to be a fan of you know, the rings and somebody else is. I'm kind very of stuck glad with you asked this. In my case, I actually have a, a bit of a story here that I think that people will like. So uh, New York guy, me, is the mm-hmm. son of a New York man and a New York woman. Mm-hmm. And when a New York man and a New York woman love each other very much, they make whoopee at the stadium. Oh. That is that is how you consummate any great New York relationship. Sure. Uh, so at this time, this was uh, the late 60s. Uh, you know they old Yankee Stadium, old Yankee Stadium, mm-hmm. where there was no rules. I don't know if a lot of people know that. If you got into the stadium, it was a lawless zone. <laughs> okay, where anything could happen. I mean, we've all seen the clip. Chris Chambliss hits the home run, and everyone is immediately on the field. Yeah, there was absolutely. several several stabbings. I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, several you know weddings, maybe unofficiated actual weddings. But in my parents' case, it was a hot summer night. They decided, hey. Do you want to make a New York guy? Uh, my mother said yes, and lo and behold, that is how I am here. So that's the reason why I am a Yankee fan, because my parents were Yankee fans, and they actually decided to bring me into the world with a bit of uh, physical activity at the old stadium. Wow. They were right under the, the glow of the scoreboard. Mickey Rivers is up there watching. Wow. It was great. A couple Magical. of feral rats running around. Mm. Yes. 30 to 50 of them? Very perhaps? romantic, very romantic setting for the 30 to 50 rats who uh, yes. helps, you know, help really set the mood because in New York it's never going to be sunshines and rainbows. It's going to be more air conditioning juice and uh, stale mm, pretzel yeah. that's been in the street for three days. Truly a New York fairy tale. Yes. Um, so I have to ask you, uh, Yankees guy, New York guy, the Yankees were my preseason prediction to go all the way. Smart uh, pick. Yeah, I really, I, I just thought, like, this is going to be their year. And then it seems like the season has not at all times gone smoothly. I mean, we're still sitting at 85 and 47, tied with the Astros. Correct. Um, for the best record in the AL, trailing only the Dodgers. Um, but it, uh, even with all that success, it feels like it hasn't been as dominant as it could have been. What, what, what's true. happening? 
what's been happening over the course of this year, and what is what's the ultimate that the Yankees can hope to achieve this year? Well, the ultimate, as with any season in the Bronx, is another championship ring. But you are correct about this uh, feeling that it's not that something is missing. It's mm-hmm. not all yeah. there yet. We've had injuries. We've had ineffectiveness. We've had Cameron Maybin. I don't know how that has yeah, happened. Yeah, we, we know that. You know Cameron Maybin? Oh, yeah, yeah, he was here. Nice guy. Did not hit. He does, yeah, he's, I think he's he's had some success here because the ball is full of explosives, which mm-hmm. is, seems to be helping a lot of guys in the league, especially him. But the reason why I don't think this Yankees season has felt right is because we haven't had the full team together at one point. Mm. So the issue has been, you know, you have Judge healthy, you don't have Stanton, you have the pitching, it's been here and there, you have injuries in the bullpen. Once we get the full squad together, hopefully in October, it's going to be Yankees and four, Yankees and four, Yankees and four. Oh, Wow. I'm okay, you think you think the Yankees can take down the juggernaut that is the Astros even after the Yankees did nothing at the trade deadline? That is a great even point. We don't need to talk the, about that. Oh, <laughs> but I, I mean, the the Astros went in and refueled. and. Do not and talk to me about got, Zach Greinke. That guy would last negative 20 seconds in New York. I mean, certainly, but he's not in New York. He's in Houston, and he's doing great. We'll so. be all right. We'll be all right. I feel- why, why didn't the Yankees add to their squad well, at I the trade deadline? Here's what I think. I think they didn't want to add anyone because then instead of bringing in a new guy, we can call up these young guys, have them show out, and then trade them this offseason for another big guy. Who are the Yankees prospects who are down there on the farm? On the farm, we got my guy, one of my next uh, probably inspirations. For the name of my next child, that's going to be Davey Garcia oh, Guy. yeah. You know about Davey Garcia Guy. Actually, John, who used to be here Johnny. on this podcast, big, big fan of Davey Garcia. Big Davey Garcia Guy was John. So I don't know if he's going to get called up. I was speaking more to the fact that we didn't get an outfielder because we want Mike Talkman to flourish. And then, as much as I love the guy, I think he's going to maybe be a piece to get other pieces. That's mm-hmm. how I'm envisioning this season going for the Yankees in December after we get the other ring. We're going to then say, Mike Tuckman, thank you very much. You've been traded to whoever for a bigger fish. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. That almost sounds, though, like you're saying not this year, but next year then. like the, No, the no, I'm saying gonna... we win the World Series this year, and then we take the guys who contributed but aren't necessarily part of the future and trade them right. for other guys who could be part of the but future. But you think that this Yankees team as currently assembled is even Can without win the World Series, make the no trade. questions about okay, it. Okay, okay. Uh, speaking of <laughs> trades then, let's talk a little bit about there were two big trades that took place this offseason with the Mariners and with New York teams. Yes. One was sending James Paxton to the Yankees in return for Justice Sheffield, Don Thompson-Williams. Correct. The second... Oh, and Eric Swanson. Can't forget Swanee Pops. Swanee Pops, yes. Uh, the other one was the sort of infamous Edwin Diaz-Robinson Cano trade for... Uh, a lot of money, essentially, coming over from New York and players who aren't here anymore. But really, chiefly, Justin Dunn and Jared Kelnick. I love that one. Which of these trades worked out better for the Mariners? For the Mariners, absolutely the one with the Mets. My new, my new motto in life, in baseball, in love is that if you have a chance to deal with Brody Van Wagenen, you absolutely do it a hundred times out of a hundred. That guy does not know, he does not know Staten Island from Seattle, Washington. Do you know what I mean? You could tell him, hey, Brody, we're taking you on a nice trip. We're going to go see the Staten Island Ferry. He would say, okay, great. You could put him in a landlocked state and he would not know the difference. I think this guy is a hack, Brody Van Wagenen. I think he's a... He's got the sort of the charisma of a college lacrosse captain, which I think goes a long way in sort of wooing people. I think he could uh, be better served as maybe one of these Wall Street guys who doesn't actually do a whole lot, but has hair gel. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. It's like, oh, look at that guy. He's got a suit. He's got, you know, a little bit of a maybe an edge to him that people will buy into, but he doesn't know what he's doing in terms of baseball. You cannot trade a guy who looks to be the next Mark Teixeira for mm. aging Robinson Cano, who was a great Yankee, 
but his body is falling apart as you've seen with the steroids that he had to take in order to correct things it's a bad look for Brody I don't know what the Edwin Diaz situation is like I wish the kid nothing but the best but I think that that trade is going to be mwah for the for the Mariners here because anytime you can get younger and also make old guys look worse Sure. It's, it's the trade that sure. we've all been wanting to do forever. Do you know what I mean? And it further cements that the Yankees are the superior organization exactly. to the, the Mets in, in New York. I am a little curious about James Paxton, and I actually have a theory I wanted to run by you. Uh, please. Have you ever been to New York City in the summer? Uh, yes, actually. It's pretty gross. It's extremely hot, and it's yeah, very gross. Very yeah, you humid. are correct. Yes, so everyone has the air conditioning units in their windows, right? Yep. And then, you know, in the heat, in the sort of questionable engineering that overtakes the city, mm-hmm. you will have the drip of mystery liquid from yeah, these air the conditioning air, units air conditioning juice onto the streets. Yeah, I think, really I think that must have happened to James Paxton, and the radioactivity has seeped into his brain, oh. and he's forgotten how to pitch. Oh. That's my theory. Because physically, the guy looks like a stud, right? Mm-hmm. He's got all the tools you would want in a pitcher. He looks great in pinstripes, all of that. But I think he's got he's got some sort of ulterior thing going on that's affecting his brain chemistry. Has he? Ha, I, I thought he'd been, you know, pretty. He's been pretty eh. okay. I would say oh, he's been he's very been okay. Eh. He's been very okay. He struggles a lot in the first inning, which makes me think mm-hmm. that you know you come from your home where you know he lives to the stadium. The air conditioning drip gets you, yeah, and it takes sure. a few innings for it to wear off. Okay. So I think the first inning is when the air conditioning juice is running rampant through his brain and he can't uh-huh. pitch. Uh-huh. The brain spiders, sure. The brain sure. spiders have taken over. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. But uh, I heard he gets the pitch against Justice Sheffield. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's going to be... So they'll determine I, who won the trade. Uh, I hope it doesn't because what I can, don't have a great feeling about how what that's What can you go. tell me about Justice Sheffield? I want to know how he's looked so far in your system. Uh, Justice Sheffield looked great in spring training. He had a really great looking changeup that I was really excited by. And then it has disappeared... Uh, the couple times that uh, he's had a major league start, and then he went to AAA, and you know the rabbit ball uh, that was pretty pretty rough. Did not anyway. sound great. Did not no, sound great. so he had to go to AA Arkansas, which was rough Oof. for him. It was his first ever career demotion, and first time he'd like really struggled. So, but there he got to be with his buddy Justin Dunn, and uh, on a pretty fun team and uh you know that seemed like a reset of sorts i wasn't thrilled about what i saw in his start though it's definitely some command issues and i'll i'll admit i'm pretty worried about this start against james Paxson. i think there's a good chance that uh the mariners are gonna hear a lot about how that trade wasn't very good well if it makes you feel any better yankee fans will be here in droves to let you know about it but Fantastic. I have some advice for you. Really you cannot take it personally that. when Yankee fans overtake your stadium. Because here's a little secret about New Yorkers, okay? You ready? We yes. hate everyone equally. Yes. I hate is, myself. I hate true. this guy sitting next to us. I hate everyone I've oh. met in this entire city. All right? So don't take sir, it personally. Sir, no, he didn't. Oh. No, sir, come back. I, yeah, you. I do, I do not like you. <laughs> I no, do not like your face. Please. He's visiting from out of town. From New York. Ever heard of it? Of course not. Oh All right. Anyway. We hate the Nashville Predators, as an example, just as much as we hate the Seattle Manners, which is to mean sure. it's all the same to us. Right. So we're going to come, we're going to talk our shit, we're going to leave with tree wins. That's it, all right? Don't take uh, it personally. You're going you to put some money into our local economy. Uh, speaking sure, of money, I would love I, to. did you buy one of Breaking Tea's Savages in the Box tea? I absolutely bought 45 of them. Oh, I've wow. outfitted my whole neighborhood. We okay. love Aaron Boone. We love. I, of myself, have become a Savage in the Box. I think it's become sort of a rallying cry for New Yorkers. Has it? It has. We're all savages everywhere. It's become almost dangerous to an extent. Because more people, dangerous? More dangerous because if you tell New Yorkers who are already unhinged in many ways, yeah. if you tell them, take my cousin Clairvoyant, you tell her, hey Claire, uh, Aaron Boone has decided that all of New York savages. She's going to take that very literally. Claire's mm-hmm. committed three homicides oh. since Aaron Boone's rant. Wow. So I told Claire, you're having a rough day and I feel bad for you, but tighten this shit up. All right? I quote Aaron Boone every single day now. Right, In right, some In some sure. capacity, yeah. 
Uh, Every day so I wake we, up. You happy with Aaron Boone as a as I a am. leader? He's got the boys going. I was gonna say every day I wake up, I take my signed Brett Gardner bat and I jam it into the roof of my oh, apartment, of just like Brett Gardner, of to get the people going and remind them that yes, I am a savage in this box. In this case, the box is my apartment, which is a shoebox on 85th Street. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, New York guy, I. <laughs> I am so thank you for spending of course. this time. I cannot wait it's, to enjoy your beautiful stadium and to yell at birds. I love yelling at pigeons. I don't think they're worthy of my time, so I'm going to let them know about it. We have a lot of seagulls here. Maybe not. I do so not like seagulls either. Here. Like I said, I hate oh. everyone equally, but I'm going to make my for voice sure. heard. So tune into the broadcast. I'm going to be seated right behind the Yankee dugout. In Will you my... be wearing the Aaron Judge, like the judges' no, outfit I don't do with that. the wig? Here's what no. I'm going to be wearing. On my torso, the breaking tee, like you said, fucking Savages in the Box sure. t-shirt. On my fingers, World Series rings. I got all of them. I got uh-huh. replicas. You got replicas of all of them. I got replicas of sure. all of them that I may have been out of stolen. Can you stolen. get through the metal detector with that? I well, know. I put it in the box. I take them off one by one and say, this one's 1998. This one's 1999. Oh. This one's 2000. They hate me in every stadium. Absolutely. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. I I'm hate gonna, you right now a little You do bit. hate me. Everyone here is hating oh. me. We've cleared out this bar, but it doesn't matter, baby. Yankees in four. All right. Well, that was New York guy. <laughs> yes, it was. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at 27 rings with 27 Z's on the end. That's two seven R I N G Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z Z. Not a legit Twitter handle. It's been great for me so far. All right, Yankees in four. All right. Well, thank you so much for stopping by, New York guy. I will be very happy for the end of this series. And thank you, listeners, for sending in your questions and listening to this brand new suffering. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Goodbye.